So we have, we're finishing off our series on Engage, and I'd like to encourage you to, if you missed some of the messages, you can hear them. If you want to go online uh, onto our website, you can uh, go to the Sermons tab, and you can hear uh, the, the messages. And this one, God willing, will be up on Tuesday as usual. And we, uh, we've been going through this, this series, and Pastor Matt started off a few weeks ago just on the general topic of engage. And if you can just go to the, the third slide, if you would, please. Engage. And then we did a, a message. I did a message on engage in meeting together. And uh, then Pastor Matt preached a great message on engage in corporate worship. And uh, then I spoke a couple of weeks ago on engage in God's economy. And uh, last week, Engage, Pastor Matt shared on the subject of Engage in Spiritual Warfare. And those messages, I believe, are just the the right message for right now for our church. And if you've missed any, like I say, you can listen to them online. Uh, Today, I want to speak to you on the subject of Engage with the Community. And so you have uh, notes with you there in front of you. And we'll be walking through some of these topics today, these ideas. But I want to talk to you about engaging in the community. Not only the community out there, but also the word community refers to the fellowship that we have here in the church. We can engage with each other. But one of the uh, sort of surprising issues that people are facing in the world today, in spite of the fact of all the connectivity that there is with social media and all different ways of doing things with different all kinds of service clubs and things, a lot of people struggle with loneliness. And God wants us as God's people to have a, a, an approach to life that is engaging with other people. That, not that we would be lonely, not that people around us would be lonely, but there would be that desire, that willingness to engage with others. Uh, that, and he sent his only son to die on the cross, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's God's heart, is that he would be able to engage with you and me. And he loves us, and he wants us to share that same love with other people around us. Amen, Pastor Mike. Man, that's, that's good. If you don't, listen, if you don't listen to anything else, that's the message. That's the sermon. I'm going to be talking. I'm going to, now I'm going to say it again, but it'll just take me a little longer, more like 25, 30 minutes. So if you, if you weren't listening before, you missed the short version, so now you have to listen to the whole thing. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you want to engage with us. And uh, you're calling us to engage with you and to your work. I pray, Lord, that you would bless these words. Uh, They're your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the first first point of this message is to open your eyes. And I I love this story. I I love love the things that Jesus did. He did things with intentionality. It wasn't just just something that just kind of happened. But he, he went, he was traveling by foot from Jerusalem with his, with his entourage, with his disciples, going from Jerusalem up to Galilee. And instead of going around the dirty, rotten scoundrels in Samaria, he went straight through Samaria. And the people of Israel had a habit of kind of going around. 
but he decided he's going to go through, and they ended up in this little town called, well, we call it Sychar. Uh, that's not exactly the right way to say it, but that's how we say it. And there was a well outside of the town, this town of Sychar, and he sent all of the guys and, I guess, women that were there, they, they sent, he sent them into town to buy lunch, okay? And so he was sitting by himself by this well in the middle of the day, and then a woman came from town out to the well to get water. And I, I could talk more about wells and women carrying water, and I don't know if they carried it on their shoulder at that time or on their head. I mean, I, I've seen that in Africa. I've seen people carrying water on their head, and man, I don't want to, don't try this at home. It's very dangerous. You've got to grow up as a child with little bits of weight on your, you know, and get your neck muscles all ready to rock. And then even then, they, they help each other load it up. And so this woman is by herself out, going out to the well to get water. And that's a big deal to even today all around the world. And, uh, and so this, this uh, encounter happened where Jesus uh, said, you know, could, could I have a drink? And, and she was talking to him, and she was surprised that he spoke to her at all because there's a couple of things going on here. Uh, men didn't talk to women uh, in those days. And, uh, well, you know, it's always kind of a thing even when men talk to women today. But... Uh, that at that time it was kind of taboo, especially, and also the Jewish people didn't speak to the Samaritans because they thought that they were second class or third class people. They didn't like them at all, and so she was kind of surprised that he said anything to her, in spite of the fact you know it's a little weird because you know here she is walking out of town and at this well and he's sitting there and and it's like well they don't don't say a word, <laughs> but that's that's normally what would have happened. So. She said to him, you know, they had this conversation, and he had, uh, he had a, a supernatural message in his mind that God the Father had given him. He had special insight into her lifestyle, into her life, and she got, you know, quite excited about the fact that she had this encounter with God. And so she kind of left, she left her stuff behind, and she was running back to town. In the meantime, all the entourage was already coming back with the food, coming back with lunch. And the disciples, they were surprised that Jesus would be talking to this woman, just like she was surprised. And uh, I, I just love it because he had something to say not only to the woman one-on-one, -on -one, but he had something to say to his disciples. And they, they were surprised and they said, you know, Master, you should eat something. And he said, I have food that you don't know anything about. Interesting, because he had this, you know how, you know, you're walking for, I don't know, half the day, and you're hungry, and you're thirsty, and they, they knew that there was no McDonald's close by, and so they were bringing the food, and he says, well, I got food that you don't know anything about, and he said, my, my meat and my, my drink is to, is to do the will of God who sent me, but then he said to them, something very odd. Of course, they were walking through this farmland, and he said, you know, it didn't look like the crops were ready, actually, when they were walking, but he said something. He says, uh, I, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. I want to tell you something. Open your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ripe for the harvest. And he wasn't talking about the cornfields. He was talking about people. And we sometimes think, well, People aren't interested. 
But look at you. You're interested. You're here. <laughs> some of you, this is you know, new to you. Some, some of you, you've been here for many, many years. But people actually are interested in God. And we need to ask the Lord to help us to be aware of the people around us that are interested in God, and we can talk to them. You know, I've, I've uh, in my life, and I've said this many times, and I hope you're not tired of it, but maybe you're, you weren't listening the last time, or maybe you're new, okay? I'm just going to say this again. I've, I've, I've lived a long time. I've said to a lot of people, I've asked them, can I pray for you? I would guess, if I had to guess, I don't want to exaggerate, it might be a couple hundred people, might be more. I've just encountered, you know, in my life. And I ask, can I pray for you? And you know how many times people have refused me? Once. Only one person. Everybody I ask, can I pray for you? And, of course, it helps if, you know, I'm being sensitive and I know kind of that they might be interested. I don't just walk up to some person on the street and go, hello, can I pray for you? Well, they might say yes. I, I I haven't done that. Maybe I should try that sometime, Pastor Matt. Anyways, the point is is that people are interested in knowing someone who cares and and having some kind of an encounter with God. If I say, would you like to repent and change your life and stop doing everything you've been doing and only do things about God? They probably wouldn't be interested in that. But if, if I ask them if they want to encounter God in some way and I can pray for them because God cares about them, people are interested. And God wants us to be uh, aware of the people around us. God wants us to have our eyes open and to be aware of people around us. Obedient to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Um, my, my mother-in-law just uh, has been in and out of the hospital for, I think, too many times. I think five times since August. And uh, not this time. Yes, I just was with her yesterday, and we went to the, dropped her off at the hospital again. She's there right now. Um, but the last time she was in the hospital, I don't know if I told this story, but I'll tell it again because I can't remember. Uh, I, I was. It was later at night, and in and out, going in and out of a hospital at that time of day, you generally need to go through emergency because the other doors are all locked. And so I, I go in and out of emergency. And so I'm leaving, going through, and of course, the waiting room, if you've ever been to a hospital emerge waiting room, it's not a pretty sight. And uh, not every, most people there aren't very happy to be there. And they've been there too long, most of them, okay? And so I, I, walked, I was walking through on my way, and I'm tired and maybe a little cranky, and I, I'm, I'm on my way out. I'm going to go home, and I'm in Port Moody. And so it's a long drive. I want to get out here. So, but I, I walk past, and there's this, there's this woman, and I frankly don't know how old she was, maybe 30, maybe 40. I have no idea. Well, she was probably closer to 30. And, and so she's sitting down, and she's looking a little frumpy. I don't know if that's the right word. Is that okay to say that? And, and she's got her head down, her hair, you know, how women's hair might hide their face. So I couldn't really see much, too much of, of her face even. And I thought to myself, but it wasn't my idea, you know, I should pray for her. Now, I've been in and out and through that same emerge many times and just walked through and didn't really think about that. But that time, I did. And so I want to tell you, this faithful man failed, okay? 
So I, I walked through, and I got that message, and I believe it was from the Lord, and I kept walking. And I walked out, and I was just about in my car. It was late at night, probably 10 o'clock, 10.30, something like that. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be miserable all the way home from Port Moody <laughs> if I don't go back and pray for this person, let alone just the, the feeling. So, so then I repented, and I went back. And I'm not trying to stick up for myself because, as, as you know, I failed, okay? But I did finally go back. thing I didn't want to do, which is a little awkward, a total stranger. And, uh, and so I sat down beside her and I said, excuse me. You know, I said, I'm a Christian pastor. And I, I just wondered if you would be interested. I'd like to pray for you. And she looked at me and she says, yeah, that'd be nice. And so then I said, well, is it okay with you if I put my hand on your shoulder? And she goes, okay. And so then I prayed for her. And then I, and I, of course, I smiled and she smiled back and she was not feeling good. And I didn't ask her any more questions. And I just left and I trusted the Lord with that. But I prayed that God's love would reveal, be revealed to her. And I prayed that she'd be well and just a few, a few things. And I was trusting in the Lord to do his work. I was doing my part. And I can't control what happened to her. But all I know is all I can do is I can control what I do. But you see, the whole point is, is that if we, have our, uh, if, we, if we have our awareness up and we have the habit of actually doing what we believe God wants us to do, then we'll have more awareness. But if we, you know... I've, I've been in seasons in my life, I want to tell you. I have not been very pliable. I have not been very open. And I have not been aware. I've been quite oblivious, actually, to people around me. And your heart can become uh, a little jaded uh, when that happens. And then it's like a downward spiral. And you want to be open to God, and you feel like, well, I'm, he, I don't ever hear from God. Well, yeah, that's right, Mike. <laughs> you gotta, if you gotta start with what what I'm saying, you know, don't start over here. Start, this is what I'm saying. I want you to go and pray for that person. And so, anyways, you know, because it is the Lord Jesus Christ that we serve, right? Amen. So God wants us to be aware and and to be concerned about others, and. Uh, Others, there's a, uh, there's a story about William Booth. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And he, I mean, it's an incredible organization. You know, they have in the largest, in the largest Muslim country in the world, which is Indonesia, there are a thousand Christian schools run by the Salvation Army today. It's amazing. And, uh, Anyway, that's, it's, that's just, that just shows you. It's like it's all around the world, as you probably know. The Salvation Army ha, has just an amazing, wonderful ministry. But uh, when he was still alive, back in uh, 1920, I think it is, or 1910, sorry, in 1910, William Booth was, was getting old. He could hardly see. Uh, he was immobilized. He was, I don't know if he had a wheelchair or whatever. But every year... You know how busy they are at Christmas time, right? At the Salvation Army, they're very busy. So after Christmas, they always have a big convention and uh, to kind of celebrate what God did during that busy, busy time. And he couldn't go to the, to the convention. Didn't, I don't even know where it was, if it was still in Britain, wherever it was. But he, they asked him, would you send a telegram 
to uh, encourage, this is in 1910, right? There's no email. So they did a telegram to encourage the people at the convention. And he said, that's a great idea. But of course, William Booth, he was very frugal. I can relate to that. I'm not as frugal as he was. He decided, because, you know, with the telegram, as I remember being told, I've never sent a telegram, but apparently it's per word. It's either per word or per letter. And so, you know, the message that he sent to all these delegates that had been so faithful, and here's General, you know, General Booth, one word, others. That was his message to the people. And, of course, he, they had heard many messages from him over the years, so they knew what he meant by that. And I think you probably know as well. The Bible teaches us and tells us in Philippians, don't look only on your own interests, but also on the interests of others. Now, it doesn't mean that we never deal with our own interests. God wants us to be good stewards of, of our life and our finances, and we've got to look after our kids, and we've got to look after our families. If we don't provide for our own, the Bible says that we're even worse than an infidel. So it doesn't mean we give away all of our money to help other people. Our success does not hinder other people's success. It's okay for us to have some success. In fact, if we're going to be able to bless others, we have to have something in order to bless them with. Right? So God wants to, God does want to, to bless us. And so, but he wants us to be concerned about others. And so uh, we need, if we're going to be engaging in the community, like Jesus engaged with us, we have to be aware. We have to think about others and not just ourselves. Amen. Amen. I, I, how are you doing so far? It seems awful quiet in here, but that's all right. Okay, so that, now the next, the next uh, point I just want to bring about this idea of engaging with other people is the great command. Now, we know about the great commission, that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel, but the great command is sort of foundational to the Great Commission, and that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we're, if we're going to love our neighbor as ourself, then we will, we will go. We will reach out. We will be aware of them. We will consider them. Love is something that you do. It's, it's, uh, it's a verb. And God wants us to be people who will be willing to reach out. We need to be people who, you know, love other people. Now, I, I made this list on here, and of all things, I left off one of the most important ones, and that is to love your family. Okay, so love your family. So you can even write that in if you want on your notes. Love your family. Love, love your neighbor. Now, love your neighbor, and of course, the, there's your next-door neighbor. And what's really weird is we have this, this rainy cold place, and even in the summer it's a little easier, but, you know, electric garage door openers make for bad neighbors. You know what I mean? I live in a townhouse. We're all tight together, and I never see my neighbors, because what we do is we, we drive in, click the button, and we drive into our garage, and close. It's, the door is closing before we get inside. We don't even see our neighbors. I'm glad in some ways that I have to park. I, I don't, we don't have room in my garage for the second vehicle, so I park farther away, and I have to walk about a, 
a, almost a block, I guess. It's not that far, but it's almost a block. And it's, it's nice to be able to walk. First of all, I don't get enough exercise. And second of all, sometimes I can at least wave at my neighbors when they're driving by. <laughs> you know, God help us to love our neighbor. But of course, our neighbor isn't only the ones who live around us. Our neighbor is people that we encounter that may have a need, like the Good Samaritan story. The answer, what Jesus was answering a question when he told that story. You know the story of the Good Samaritan, how the fellow was traveling and someone got beat up and he helped them. Well, backing up the truck, why he told that story. He said, this is the greatest command, is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then someone wanted to, as it says, they wanted to justify themselves. And so they said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? It's like, well, I could be anybody. And what do you know? And Jesus says, well, I'll tell you the story. And so it's people that are around us that need us, that need help. That's our neighbor. Love your church. You know, a lot of you that are here today, you come all the time. I'm, I'm really glad you do. You, you must feel like it's worth coming to. Well, love your church. Love the people here. And people say, you know, we have a very welcoming place here and, and people are nice. And that's really good. But let's take it to the next level. Let's engage with each other. Let's get to know one another. Amen. Love your city. Love your city. Love the place where you live and uh, love, love your nation. Love the world. Now, you can't love the whole world all at once because there's, what is there, 7 billion people? And that's just a little past most of our capacity. But you can love somebody. You can adopt a child, you know, through, through World Vision or, one of the, or Compassion or whoever. You can send money to different organizations around. You can love, you can love the world, but your, your part. You can't do everybody's part. You can do your part. As you know, I, I just love, love, love some folks that are in rural Malawi. And I've got friends that I just, I just feel very ooey and gooey about them because I love them so much. And, and that's fine. I, I, I love that part of the world for sure. But there's others in the world that I love. I'm not going to talk about that. But I, I have a question for you, and it's on your sheet, and it's going to be on the, the screen and next slide. And I just want to ask a very practical question. Because, you know, we all, so far, we've got a lot of nodding going on. Because most of us have heard this before, right? You're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Anyone heard that before? Or is this a news flash? But I want to ask you, who did you show love to last week? See, now I'm starting to kind of get in your face a little bit here. And who were you intending to love this week? I'm not talking about Pastor Matt. I'm not talking about, you know, other people. I'm talking about you and me. What's our intention? Who did, who did we love last week? And who are you going to love next week? Whoa, that's great, God. But we're talking about people here. We're talking about people. We want to love God. And we, we, want to, you know, we want to love everybody. Okay, let's start with one. A person like that you really connect with, you know, you could even you could even text somebody an encouragement. You know, don't text them and say, "How about them Canucks?" Well, that that'd be all right. They just won, didn't they? Just win yesterday, yeah. two to one in overtime. Wow! Trying to become Canadian here. <laughs> where's my Where's my NFL? Okay. Anyways, squirrel. Uh, 
send a text of encouragement or a phone call. An actual talking phone call? Yes. And if they don't answer like most people don't anymore, leave a message. An encouraging message. Or you could talk, you could smile at someone in the store. You could, you can do this. We can do this. To whom can we show love? All right. The next one is prayer. And um, I, I think that it's okay to talk about prayer in church. In Timothy, it says that I, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. And again, it's, it's good to pray for the whole world. And God bless everybody in the world. Amen. But you could start naming a few people that you are interested in. People that you're engaged in and with. Or you could begin engaging. You could engage with, you could engage with the Queen of England if you want. You can just pray for her. That would be engaging. That, or you can pray for our Prime Minister. I was very convicted about this because I have some ideas about some of the leaders in our nation and in our nation to the south. Uh, I have some strong ideas. And this scripture actually says that, that I should pray for them, that God would help them. What does it say? God, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Okay. Now, I, I, I'm just saying that I got convicted about that. I'm not going to tell you all my dirty little secrets, okay? I'm just saying that it's probably good for me to, to hear this. It's good for me. It says, pray this way. Which way? Oh, yeah. Ask God to help them. Intercede for them. And give thanks for them. Pray this way for all who are in authority, for kings and prime ministers and presidents and senators and, and congressmen and, and uh, all the people that have a say in, in this planet. Pray for them. Help them. Bless them. And uh, do that in order that we can live a peaceful and quiet life marked with godliness and dignity. This is good. This is good. This is good. And it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Yeah. So as we were talking about prayer, uh, last week Pastor Matt just uh, shared an awesome message on engaging in spiritual warfare. This is part of what it means to be engaging in spiritual warfare is prayer. And, uh, or the other way around. It's, uh, you know, Engaging in spiritual warfare is part of what it means to be involved in prayer. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Now, let me just mention, and I've, I've written it down, I think, on your notes. There, you know, you can get involved with, uh, with corporate prayer times. And uh, that is part of what it means to be engaging in spiritual warfare. And God wants us to actually be engaged in corporate prayer. We have a different opportunities, but every Sunday uh, at 10 o'clock, we have what we call pre-service prayer, and I would love it if we can't fit into the back room that we actually are praying in right now. We have to find somewhere else to pray. That'd be good, uh, but we'd like to invite everyone to be part of that. Uh, pray for your community. Pray for your nation. I have heard a lot of people complaining about certain things that are very visible. For example, uh, we have a, a multicolored crosswalk at Five Corners in White Rock. And, you know, Christians love to hate that. 
And um, you know what? Why don't we pray instead of whine and complain? How about, how about let's just pray and speak thanksgiving and prayer and blessing over, uh, over our community? You know, it, does, it doesn't mean I'm compromising my, my ideas about marriage. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we don't need to be so against so many things out there in the public. Now, there are, pl- there are times to do that, but let's start with prayer. Let's start with care. Let's start with love and see where that takes us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. That's, that's Pastor John Clark, who has been, uh, he's the pastor emeritus now. He's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he was here for 40 years pastoring in this church. And so, yeah, get to know Pastor John. He's a good guy. Uh, we, okay, I'm going to ask you one of those awkward questions again. All right, you ready? We believe in prayer. So what difference would it make if God, listen, if God answered every one of your prayers for people in the last seven days, what difference would it make in the world? In other words, have we been praying for people around us in our life? Have we prayed for the prime minister? Have we prayed for different ones that we're wondering about and concerned about? Have we been praying the way we want to? If God had answered every one of our, okay, God, God comes to you and says, okay, you know what? All of your prayers that you prayed last week, I answer that prayer too. Nope, not happening. It's only the ones last week. God wants us to be routinely engaged in prayer. And I thought about this. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought about this, and, and there's been times where I'd go a couple of days, and, and I'd be sad about one of my family members and one of my kids and what choices they're making or whatever. And, and to be honest, I can go a couple of days and not even pray for them. Now, maybe I'm the only one in the room. Okay, I guess I am. <laughs> Nobody's going to put their hand up to that. I know people I can start naming. I'm sure you never did leave a name, uh, leave a day off. <laughs> I'm sure there's people in here I could start naming them that they've prayed faithfully every day. And I, I bless you. But I'm, I'm not that spiritual. And sometimes I, I just like to feel sad instead of praying. But I need to repent. I need to change. I need to be a person of prayer and engage in intentional prayer for people I'm concerned about and not just wish they were different. I'm sure you're never like that. Okay? I'm just telling you how I feel sometimes. We believe in prayer. So uh, the next slide says that we need to uh, engage in corporate prayer. Let me just tell you, this is not... The reason I'm preaching, God willing, in January, the first week of the year, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. Now, listen, I want to tell you, you're far too busy. You're far too busy for this. Unless you start now and make time, throw it on your calendar, then then you can do this. Because we all have 168. Did you know that? Every person has 168 hours every week to spend. And we can decide how we're going to spend it. Just saying. So we can, we can do that. We can get engaged in corporate prayer. We can get engaged with the Spirit. And I want to say this. A lot of us have been 
had an experience with the Holy Spirit, and we can pray in tongues. A lot of us are, are hoping that'll happen in our lives, and, and we're hungry, and God's going to fill us. He is. Uh, but a lot of us can point back to a time when we prayed more in the Spirit than we do now. And God wants us to continually be praying in the Spirit. And one of the beautiful things about it, I want to tell you, yesterday I was, uh, I just, I'm just saying that yesterday I, I was going through some things and I was very distracted, but I prayed in the Spirit. And, you know, when you pray in the Spirit, the Bible even says your brain, your mind is unfruitful. Your mind isn't even necessarily involved. So I was still distracted, and I had a lot of stuff to do, and I was under a lot of things. But I could still pray in the Spirit, and my spirit was powerful. My mind, not so much. And God wants us to engage in that. I've told you before, I just love, I love praying out loud in the Holy Spirit in stairwells. I just like the way it sounds with all the echoing. And it's even better now. Like it used to be 20 years ago, it was a little weird. But today, there's so many people from all around the world. If someone heard me, they wouldn't even think of it. They'd think I was from, you know, Bosnia or something. So it's great. We need to reach. That's the last point. We need to reach. Now, I was, <laughs> I was doing a prayer walk. This, is, this goes back a little ways when I was pastoring in Maple Ridge. And I was doing this prayer walk, and I was feeling so spiritual, and I was just praying up a storm and walking past. And, and I was just feeling a burden for people that were living in these homes. And, you know, they're cocooning, and they're opening. The, they're just hiding inside their doors. They close their garage, and you never see them. And, and I said to the Lord, God, how can we reach these people? And you know what he said to me? And I, I've never forgotten this. He said, you know how you reach those people? You reach. You reach. You don't just, you don't just kind of walk by and say, God, I want to reach those people. You literally reach out to them. I know this is rocket science, but listen, I'm a simple person. And I can almost understand this. It's so simple. Come on, we can reach, but we cannot reach like this. This is not reaching. And God wants us to engage with the community around us. Amen. So we've got to overcome the fear. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, timid, anxious, shy, whatever the words are, we have to, I mean, there's personalities, I understand that. Well, I'm just not like that. But you've got to understand, there's still a command that we need to go. There's still a command we need to reach out somehow. Just because we aren't kind of like that, you're not like Pastor Mike, or you're not like Pastor Ev, or whoever. Uh, take an interest in what's happening around. And then even volunteer. You know what's happening next Saturday here in our community? One of the only Christian Christmas things that happens publicly, we have what's called Christmas on the Peninsula. Is that what it's called? Christmas on the Peninsula. It happens every year, the last Saturday of November. If you've never been there, I think you should go. And you know what you can do? You can pray for them. You can volunteer for them. There are still opportunities to volunteer. Just Google it. You can find their website, and you can connect with them. Christmas on the Peninsula. They still could use some help. And it's, it's, a, it's a festival. It happens every year. It's in the, the community center, which is 
in one of those big towers at the bottom of the big tower there close to the Wailing Wall down in the heart of White Rock. So that's happening. But there's other things. We can volunteer with the community. We don't even have to do a Christian thing. We can volunteer for, for the Sea the Festival. Maureen over here, she is, when I grow up, I want to be just like you, Maureen. She has been involved with that thing and many other things in the community all her life. She was born, were you born in White Rock? Because you've lived here a long time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you all heard that, but she, there were, she's been in White Rock so long that there was no hospital and no doctors here. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But she's very involved in the community, and she's been involved with Sea Festival. You don't have to be involved in a Christian thing. You can be salt and light, and you can... You can influence and reach out to people and just be a Christian in a non-Christian environment. Amen. Church. Now, you can't see these uh, from where you're sitting because it's too far, but I want to show you the size. We have invitation cards that are new. They're on the Connect desk at the back. If you'd like to put three or four or ten in your uh, purse or your wallet, you can take them, and on the front it says Rediscover Church, and on the back it has directions to come here. And when you invite someone to church, you're going to go, here, let me show you. This is, this is where we meet. It's right here. And uh, I, have, I have one in my wallet. It's, uh, it's probably already all bent out of shape, but it's, it's there. But there's two more here, and you, you, can, uh, you can use those. You can show kindness to people. You can hold the door, smile at them, and say, you know what? Have a good day. This morning I was at Safeway, and I was in the parking lot, and some guys were in their truck ahead of me and whatever, and and I, I said, I said, I didn't even say good. I said, morning. But in his mind, he heard good. Like he heard good morning. And he started arguing, with, not arguing, but just good-naturedly. I don't know how good it is. And I said, listen, all I said was morning. The good's there if you want it. <laughs> but it's okay to show kindness to people. It's, you're allowed. I totally give you permission. In case you were waiting for that. All right. The bottom of your little notes there, it says engage is a verb, okay? It's just something that we do. It's, it's not something we think about. It's not something that's only in our heart, but stuff that we do. We can do this. And you know what? It's with God's help. God will help us. You are anointed and appointed to engage in, as, a, as an ambassador of God, as a representative of the Lord. You are, you are part of the process. Amen? Okay, now, it's four minutes, three minutes to 12 by my watch. I want to ask you one more question, okay? You've got a list of things. I don't even have that note in front of me. Can I just board this sheet for just a second? So you've got a list of things there, and, oh, man, good work. He's written some notes on there. That's excellent. I want you, I want you to think about it, and um, Graham's going to come, if you would, please. We're just going to have a little moment here. And I want you to look at those four things of being aware and thinking of others and, and prayer, uh, reaching. And there, there's one more, right? Open our eyes. That's what it is. The great command. Did one of those, um, did one of those themes kind of grip your heart today? Maybe one of those haunting questions that's on there. Who did you show love to or who did you pray for? Who are you going to pray for? 
has God been speaking to you this morning? You know, I just want to encourage you. I, I'm not here to push you around and manipulate you. I, but I, I think it's good for us not only to listen to good messages, but to see, okay, Lord, how can I, how can I bring this into my lifestyle? Because, you know, it's easy to drift, but to change takes intentionality. What is the Lord saying to you? Let's pray together, can we? In fact, why don't we just stand together, please? Maybe there's something in your heart. Maybe there's something on your mind from this message that you're thinking about. And you want to say, Lord, I I could really use some help. I I don't want to just think about this now and then forget about it. Lord, help me to put this into practice. Just raise your hand with me and I'll pray. Heavenly Father, you see all these hands, people who sincerely desire to, to walk with you and to be the people you want us to be. God, help us to engage with the world around us, to engage with you, to engage in prayer and spiritual warfare, engage with the church, engage with all these different things in your economy. But Lord, we want to engage with the community because we are salt, we are light in this world. God, in your name, we, we go in your name. We engage in the in representing you and your love and your, your grace. God, help us to do that. We're asking for your help today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. I just want to pray. I just want to bless you in the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace in, in your in your laughter and your tears in, in your laying down and your rising up in your work and in your rest until we come to meet him that day that day of the day of the lord in jesus name amen thanks for being here today we have coffee we have people that'll pray with you up front if you would like personal prayer Okay, come on up and receive prayer on either side here. And uh, thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week, God willing. Thank you.